Rabbi Sai, a good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayeshev, Tovshin Pei Beis, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Samach Venira, we're very, very close to the Gavaldik Elichtik Yantiv of Chanukah Ba'aleinu Latoiva, which will start Mitzvah Hashem on Sunday night. And we'll be lighting the candles, Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give us a lot of uh, light, we should be zayichim Hashem to a lot and as usual, as we say, we try to get chizik from the parsha. I have to uh, admit my guilt beforehand that I have uh, quite a few things to say, and I hope that the oilam will be soivel a little bit. If it's a little bit lengthy, we'll try to do our best as usual to say some words on the parsha and also uh, in Yoni from Hanukkah this week as well and some really, some really unbelievable stories, and uh, and also to say over something from two great tzaddikim who passed away this week, one of the great ge'inim, one was a Shloyme Fisher, Zeichat Tzadik Levrachot, Roshiva Beshivas Itri, and a neighbor of mine here in Harnov, really one, one of the great ge'inim of the generation, great Talmud Chacham, and another person who was not as well known, except for Yehudi Dover. And that was Rabbi Shmar Yehoshu Shulman, Zechotanik Ravracha, a Yid, who passed away at 98 years old, one of the great Talmidim of Rav Rudiman in Baltimore and a Chavrusa of my late father. And he was very, very close to our family. And he was buried not far from our father in Beit Shemesh. So we want to say over something from them, but we'll leave that for a little bit uh, at the end of the Devar Torah, at the end of the podcast. In this week's parsha. Speaks Parshas Vayeshev, and Yaakov Avinu wants to be able to sit calmly and peacefully, as Rashi says, because Yaakov Leishev Beshalva, Kofetz Olav Regzesh Yosef, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu sends him all kinds of new uh, interferences of different sorrows. The famous story of Yosef and the sinna, the hatred which the brothers have, which all begins in this week's Parsha and is going to go on for the next few weeks. And this is a parsha which really um, needs a lot of uh, depth to it. We just want to say over that what the Chofetz Chaim says. The Chofetz Chaim says in the Psukim of Eila told us Yaakov Yosef. We all know that Yosef is the Demus, the Yukno, and looks like Yaakov. You know everything that happens to Yaakov, all the tsaras. Yosef is also a recipient of many, many tsaras. He looks like him. He is the, the really the purpose, the tachlis of Yaakov Avinu's. Uh, the Tachlis is really, is really Yosef HaTzadik. The Chofetz Chaim says that this is a lesson for Klai Yisrael. The Klai Yisrael, we know, we go through tremendous goloses, tremendous tzoros, and sometimes we ask ourselves, why so much? You know, why can't we have a little bit of a different life like the rest of the world? But we know, just like the son that was sitting at the Shulchan of the Father and was forced to go into Golos to leave his household, to leave his land, and he's literally is banished from the from the palace of the king, so to speak, and he goes through all kinds of trials and tribulations, and he's not home. Like Yosef at Tzadik, who was sold and lived with the Eshes Potiphar, and he was sold by the Yishmaelim and the Midyanim and to the Mitzrayim. But we know in the end, we see that Yosef had a tachlis. The tachlis was to be the mashbir, to be the one that's going to support Klal Yisrael. 
And this is really a message for Klal Yisrael, that Klal Yisrael, when we go through all the Golosin, we go through all the Tzars, we have to recognize that there's really a Tachlis. The Tachlis is that we are going to be the ones that are going to be the Mashbir. We are the ones that are going to support the Gansavelt. Everything is really for the Tachlis of Klal Yisrael. So this lesson is like a major lesson which we see. And to really say in a more deeper fashion, the Vart that we like to say from Reb Shimshin Pinkus, from the Sefer Teferis Torah, and this week's parasha, he himself brings up, we know that the Pasuk says, Titen Emes Yaakov. The Midah of Yaakov Avinu is the Midah of Emes, the Midah of Truth. And Reb Shimshin raises the point that we know the the others, Hain Hain Amrakov, the others all have different character traits. What's the character trait of Avram Avinu? The Midah of Chesed. The character trait of Yitzchak is the Midah of Gevura or Yira. So if we analyze Avram Avinu, we, we see clearly that Avram Avinu is the Midah of Chesed. Throughout his lifetime, he did Chesed. He even did Chesed for the people in Sodom. He did it when he was waiting at the tent for the Malachim. The whole concept of Avram Avinu is being Mekair of people doing Midah of Chesed. Yitzchak, Again, we see the concept of Avoda. He's the Ola Tamima. He's the one that's Moser Nefesh to be able to to be able to, to, to give himself over on the Akeda. That's the Indian of Yira, the Indian of Avoda. But Yaakov Avinu's Midas Emes. Where do we see the trait of Midas Emes throughout the history of Yaakov Avinu? Now, for sure, the concept of Emes is really the Torah. Emes is, is the Torah, and we know Yaakov Avinu is the Ish Tam Yoshev Ohalim. But how do we actually see it put into play? So Shimshin says, and I think this is really the depth of really what the Chafetz Chaim was saying, that when we take a look at Yaakov Avinu, throughout his entire life, it was filled with tzaras, the hatred from Esav, the being banished from the home and being put into the house of Lovin. And and then we see this, this week's parish at the beginning of the final uh, culmination of the tzaras, which is the taking away of his favorite son, Yosef, and he's sold, and he's he was considered like he was dead. And Yaakov thought he was dead for so many years. Can you imagine a person going through so many and so many tzaras, and he might become despondent, and he might lose his emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But by Yaakov Avinu, that's not what we see. We see that Yaakov Avinu is titen emes the Yaakov. Yaakov Avinu continues to be the Eved Hashem, under all of the difficult situations. If you really want to delineate, what well, I would say the difference between the men and the boys is, is there's a difference between a person that's most nefesh for the moment and the person that's most nefesh constantly. A person that is able to withstand a constant, constant pain, a constant, constant suffering, and still have the same emuna and bitochen in the gavaldika emuna in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's so apropos that this is really the midah of the emes of Yaakov. And this is the ches, this is the message which the parasha is really, and the parasha is telling us. And it's so apropos that it should be, we should be reading this parasha right next to the Yontif of Hanukkah. Because in the Yontif of Hanukkah, again, we see the same thing. We see there was a pach shemen tahor, one little pach that was left over. And that one pach shemen was able to light up for eight days. And even though everything else became tome, we were surrounded by the Greeks. But Klai Yisrael was able to stand up and to fight the battles, Yehuda Maccabi, and all of the different uh, um, the different Kedoshim that they were able to fight against the Yavanim and against the Misyavnim. 
So this is really a great, great message from this week's parsha that we should be able to take with us. Sometimes when things are difficult, we should not lose our amuna, our emes that we have in the faith to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I saw a gewaldic word from Rav Shach, in the parsha it says that when Yaakov Avinu was, when the brothers sent back the, uh, uh, the garment to Yaakov Avinu and they covered it with the blood of the Gedi, and it says Yaakov Avinu ripped his clothes and he wore ash cloth and he was Miss Abel. Perak Lamed Zayn, Posak Lamed Dalad Lamed Hei, Vais Abel Abono Yom and Rabin. And then the Pasuk says, Vayakumu Kolbono Vachobono Sablanachimo. All the different brothers and sisters, they all got up in order to what? In order to uh, to uh, be Menachem Ovel Yaakov Avinu. Rav Shach Zatzal went to visit the one of the Geri Rebbe's, the Lev Simcha, when Lev Simcha was sitting Shiva. And Lev Simcha told him that he has a Shaila that what's the halacha? People that are sitting shiva, let's say there's a family members that are sitting shiva together, or they're sitting in different places, and people come to be menachem them. Are they mochayiv to be menachem each other? Or do we say no? Since you're novel, so you just have to get nechama. You necessarily have to give nechama back, or give nechama to the other members of the family. So the Leif Simcha says that he feels from this parsha, you see clearly that the brothers they went to give nichum to. Yaakov, you know, they were also sitting Shiva because their brother was killed. So you see that there's an Indian of being Menachem. So Rav Shach, when he heard it, he was Matchad Raya. And he said, it's not a Raya, why not? He says, because of here, all the brothers and the sisters, they knew the real story that Yosef really wasn't killed. And it could be they were sitting Shiva, but it was only a hoax. But they went to be Menachem Yaakov Avinu because they felt that he's really the only one that it kumped them the, the Nechama. That's the reason why they went to be Menachem. So the Lev Simcha said, Punk fakert. He said, that's a raya. Because if the halacha is, you're not mechayiv to be menachem. And now they're coming in and they are being menachem. So that goof is a raya, that it must be that they really hold that there, that there is a nyinu mecham. Because if not, Yaakovina would have worked out the trick. So this was a discussion that went on. A very interesting shaila and a raya from the parsha. Is there an Indian of nicham avelim for the, the the people themselves, members of the family themselves? What the psak halacha is, you should ask your local Orthodox rabbi. I want to say over, as I said, we spoke about the Indian of avelis. I want to say an unbelievable story in a second. Um, you know, we'll say over the story because the story is really gavaldic. It's it's really it's an unbelievable story. And then we'll say over the two two things we want to say over from this great great Sadiqim who passed away. I saw a Misa that seems recently the there were people that were brought to be buried in Eretz Yisrael from Morocco. That were there were some Jewish members of the community in Morocco uh, in Casablanca, I think, that were nifter because of Corona at the beginning of the Corona, and they were placed into temporary graves. And eventually they were brought to Eretz Yisrael. Mamish, this past week, they were brought to Eretz Yisrael to be buried. And there was a big Kiddush Hashem deal to bring them to be Nikfer in Eretz Yisrael. And there was someone that said over an unbelievable mice that took place over 20-some-odd years ago. It was one of the last Talmidim of the Chafetz Chaim. His name was Rabbi Yitzchak Pupko, someone who eventually got through the, the war and became a Rav in America. And he was a big Talmud Chacham. And he was a Talmud of the Chafetz Chaim. And Rav Mordechai Tzukerman Zatzal, one of the great Talmudim of the Chafetz Chaim, said that Rav Pupka was literally the closest to the Chafetz Chaim. Now it seems that Rav Pupka was nifter, 
And during his lifetime, he had had a leg amputated. Now, Allah is that you should try to bury the leg together with the body. And that's what happened. They, I guess they kept it in a certain state. They were able to bring it to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, there was a very chash v'tamad chacham. And the levai that took place was a very small levai. It was Erev Shabbos. There may be 30 people that showed up. And it was one great Tamat Chacham, Rev Meller, that was there, who knew this Rev Popko. And when the Hever Kaddisha buried him, either in Harazes, wherever it was, they needed someone to identify the body, and they asked him to identify the body. And they, he was able to see the body, he was able to say, yes, this is Rev Popko, and they buried him. Now when they were burying him, they saw that there was some sort of like shmata, some sort of like really like a piece of cloth that was wrapped around, and they... Um, they weren't sure they buried that. And Rav Mel said, no, they have to bury this. And eventually, he was Menachem Avel, the son, on the phone. And he, the son said to him, I want you to tell me exactly what took place at the burial. Did they bury the, the leg? And did they bury the shmata? And he says, yes, they buried the leg and they buried the shmata. So the son of Rav Pupka said, I want to tell you something. And he started crying. He said, I have to tell you that if many years ago, I found in the, in, a, in, a, in, a, in the attic in my father's house, found a suitcase, and inside the suitcase... There were many, many ksavim and letters, uh, very important things, many that were written by the Chafetz Chaim. And he showed his father these things, and his father said to him, I want you to know that there's a lot of very important things over there, but there's one thing which is very, very important, and there was a shmata there. He said to him, Tati, what's the shmata? He said, I want to tell you what the shmata is. This shmata was the shmata that was used at the, at the tahara of the Chafetz Chaim. If the Chavetz Chaim was Nifter, they, they did a Tahara, and this was the towel that they wiped the Chavetz Chaim's holy body with. And I was there at the Tahara, this is what the Mordechai Tzukerman said, that he was very, very close, and I took this Beged, and throughout the Holocaust, wherever I was, or the war, whatever situation it was, I carried this with me, and I brought it to America, and I want you to make sure that I'm going to be buried with this. And then what happened was, this was before Rapupko himself had this had this uh, amputation. Before he had the amputation, he told the doctors he wants them to wait. And he told the son, I want you to go. I want you to go to the house. I want you to bring the shmata. And, I want you, and he came, he brought the shmata, and he said, I want you to rub it all over my leg. And that's what happened. He rubbed it all over his leg. And then they had the amputation done. And then, as I said, they hid, the, they hid it. And then later on, they brought it to Eretz Yisrael. And it was buried. They say to Hever Kaddish, said, when they saw the leg, the leg was completely, completely whole. They couldn't get over it. And the son said, there's no question in his mind, this is what his father had wanted, that the Kedusha that was saturated into the towel that was used at the Tyra of the Chafetz Chaim would remain and would be a schus for him. And it's really an unbelievable thing. And we see an amazing, amazing thing. The Kedusha of the Tyra of the Tzadikim, the sweat, this, the, what was used in order to, to, to wipe the holy body of the Chafetz Chaim that was saturated into this towel. This towel became holy. I myself was Zohar, as I write in the book, that when Moshe Feinstein was buried, I was Zohar to be right there around him. And this was three days after he was Nifter. And the smell that came from the, from the, from the holy Rav Moshe was literally a sweet smell. It smelled like Gan Eden. And the Hever Kaddisha said that when they did the Tahira, the second Tahira that they did for Rav Moshe, they said they never saw a body so pure and so whole. And it showed that there was a Kedusha. And there were those that say, a story that they say that the Tzaddikim, 
that are really from the highest level, they themselves, they, when they're buried, they remain that way. As they say, the, the Vilna Gain, they opened up his burial spot, his Kfura, they saw that his body was completely whole, and he did not dissolve as most bodies do. The Kedusha dissolved the Pach Shem and Tohar, Rabbi Sai. As I said, it's going to be a little bit longer, Devar Torah, but we see some fantastic, fantastic stories. And I want to speak about these two great Ga'inim, Rib Shleimah Fisher, Hagain Agadol, Rib Shleimah Fisher, from the greatest Hamid Chum of the generation. And I went to be Menachem Avul yesterday, the family. And really, Rib Shleimah was such a phenomenon living here in Harnov. We almost took him for granted. I used to daven with him, I used to hear Shurim from him. He was a Masmid Otsim. They said the headlines of the paper today was that Rip Shleimah Fisher said that he, when he was young, he always said he doesn't want to become an Amaretz. He doesn't want to be an Amaretz. That's, that's the reason why he learned so much. He's always afraid he's going to be an Amaretz. And again, he had such pashta, such anava, but he knew kola terakula backwards and forwards, sifra, sifri, from the greatest pikiyim and the greatest masmidim. Listen to this gavaldik avart that they say over now from Rip Shleimah Fisher. It should be the Bechina of Sifsaisa of Toivas Bekever. Rav Shleimah says that there are eight or nine things which we see a correlation between the Yantif of Hanukkah and the Yantif of Sukkot. First one, both of them are eight days. Yantif of Hanukkah is eight days. Yantif of Sukkot is eight days. Shmini Number two, both of them we finish complete Hallel during the eight days of Hanukkah. We're going to do the complete Hallel. During, during Sukkot, we also do the complete Hallel. Next thing is, Sukkot, we're supposed to leave our so-called homes and go out into the Tzemedir's Keva V'Shevedir's or we go out of our houses. The same thing about Locus Neiris. We're supposed to go out into the Pesach Havabayas. supposed to light outside. Number four, the Halacha is, if you put a Ne'er Chanukah higher than Esri Mama, or a Sukkah, they're both puzzled. Both puzzled. Why? People can't see them. We have a whole word in that. We're not going to go into that, but we just see there's another Shivian. Beishamai, who holds it, you're supposed to start with eight, and you're supposed to go down to seven. Where does he know it from? He knows it from the Pariachag, which is by Sukkahs, where they would begin with many Korbanas, and then they would end up with a few. The Sefer Chashmanoyim says that Chanukah is really the Tashlumen for Chag Sukkot. We know that some, Yom Tov, you have the Tashlumen. Sefer Chashmanoyim seems to say that Chanukah is a Tashlum for the Chag Sukkot. The Melechaz HaMishkan was started in Sukkot and it finished in Chanukah. That's number seven. Number eight, the Ramban says that Aaron HaKoyen was embarrassed or he felt bad that he wasn't able to give to the Chanukah's Abayas, to the Chanukah's HaMizbeach, and the Chanukah's HaMishkan, and the Kodesh Baruch said, Tzchor HaGodom Shalem, and he gave him the mitzvah at Lokas Neiris, and the Ramban says, which at Lokas Neiris are we talking about? We're talking about the Lokas Neiris of Neiris Chanukah, which was done, we know, by Aaron HaKayin. The Chag of Sukkot, we know, is connected the Anane HaKavod, who, which was given by who? By Aaron. So you see there's a connection in Sukkot and in Hanukkah, they get to Aaron. The last thing is, which is really Achron, Achron, Chavit, the ninth thing, it's beyond the eighth, is that both of them, there's an Indian of Hidr Mitzvah. By the Sukkot, we find by the Dalad Minim, there's an Indian of Hidr Mitzvah. 
to get the nicest sukkah, to get the nicest esrig, the nicest lulav, near Hanukkah, we know it's a mitzvah, mahadrin, shiva mahadrin, inyan of, of hither mitzvah. Rabbi Shalami Fisher says, what's the reason? The reason is because the battle which is taking place in Hanukkah is really the same battle which will take place in the time of Sukkot. What's the battle of Hanukkah? The battle of the Yofi of Yefes, the beauty of the secular world, the beauty of science, the beauty of culture, the beauty which the Greeks emulated looking at the human body as being something which was beyond. And they tried to show that that beauty, physical beauty, is really the most important thing. But we know that's really spiritual beauty which is really important. So the battle which takes place on Hanukkah is the battle of the physical beauty versus what we know to be the important thing, which is the spiritual beauty. And the final result is going to be the Mocham of Gog Magog, which is also going to take place on Sukkot. So we see that the concept is to how do we go to battle? So you know how you go to battle? If we will show that the Torah, that the Kedusha, is something which is more mahudr, which is more beautiful than any yaifi which the world could possibly compare themselves to, then we will be able to be victorious in the battle. And that's the pshat, we're chayiv, to fight against the, yaf, the yaifi of yefes by showing that we're going to be mahadr and mitzvahs in the near Hanukkah. And that's the reason why we're zoichim, to all of the different inyanim which were mashved between Sukkot and Hanukkah. Gewaldik, gewaldik, gewaldik. I want to end off with a vart from the great Goynen, the great, great chaver of my late father, Reb Shmayo Shulman Zeichot Tzadok Levrocha, who he himself was a nechbal, a kalim, but his Goyne Goynes, and the Sfarim that he wrote, he was considered a balabas, <laughs> but he's really a balabas in Torah. I just was listening last night to the Hesper that he gave him my father in Baltimore. My father was Nifter. I'm going to say over a word that I heard on the way to the Levaya, the very, very few people that came, maybe 30, 40 people, similar to that Levaya which I mentioned before. But some of the great Tamir Chachamim, Rabbi Avram Yeshua from Brist, Meshiva came, because he knew him. He knew what kind of Galu Batari was. He knew Kalatara Kula. One of the sons said that Rabbi Shmel, when he would go speak to Rabbi Meshiva, Rabbi Meshiva Feinstein's Echazal would ask Rabbi Shulman, what do you say about this and this Shaila? And he would ask him, and Rav Shulman would say, oh, there's a Rekivegor over here. There's a Shach over here. And Rav Moshe was Machshiv. And Rav Elimelech Bluth, one of the great Talmud of, of Rav Moshe, said very few people that Rav Moshe ever discussed Shailas with. And Rav Shulman was one of these people. He was a great, great Talmud Chacham. So he says over a Vart, a little, and not in this week's parasha, but he says when Yaakov Avinu met Rachel, so it says Yaakov Avinu cried. He kissed her and he cried. And Rashi brings down a few pshat on why he cried. One of the reasons why he cried, according to Rashi, was that he came bereft. He didn't have any. He didn't have any jewelry to give her. And his father Yitzchak, when he came to his wife, to his mother Rivka, he came with. He came with gifts like Eliezer came with all the gifts. So he came without matanis, and therefore he's crying. So Frek Rip Shemaryo says. He said, what's the reason why he didn't have matanas? Because Eliphaz took things away from him. So he's an Inus. He doesn't have, a lot of times you want to come and you want to give to the Kala, but if you're poor and you don't have, but why are you crying? Why is it such a thing to cry? The answer is we don't understand truly what jewelry is all about. Jewelry by Yidin is different than jewelry by, 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 by the non-Jewish world. Jewelry by, when we give a jewelry 
in the concept of chazal to a wife, it's in order to show the erech, to show the 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 the, the madrega that this isha chashuv is on. As we find, the Gemara says Rabbi Kiva made a Yushalayim Shalzov, a tear that she, he, he made for her. And he said, he said when they were poor, he said, I'm, I'm going to make one. And eventually he made one for her. Rabbi Kiva married this, the Rachel Baskalbus of She was the wealthiest daughter. She lived from, from wealth. And, and she was marrying Rabbi Kiva. She was banished from her home. And he made for her, he made for her this, this Yushalayim Shalzov, beautiful piece of jewelry. What's the pshat that he made this piece of jewelry? So listen to this. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shmerel says, that the wife of Rabbi Gamliel complained to Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, and she said, Rabbi Kiva gave such a beautiful piece of jewelry to his wife. Why don't you give me a beautiful piece of jewelry? You're, you're, you're the Nasi. You can afford it. So he said there a very sharp retort. He said, Were you Moser Nefesh, the way Rachel was Moser Nefesh for her husband? Did you wait 24 years while he was toiling in Torah with his Talmudim? 12 years and 12 years? When Rabbi Akiva gave the Yushalayim Shel Zohav, it wasn't Stam a piece of jewelry. It showed the Erech of the value of the Mesiris Nefesh, of the godless of his wife. That's jewelry by Claudius. When Yaakov Avinu came to see Rachel, he saw, he saw immediately that Rachel was filled with chesed. Immediately he wanted to shower her with jewelry, like Rabbi Akiva gave jewelry to his wife. And Rabbi, and, and, and Yaakov Avinu had a midah that he was able to see things, perception, as we see that he saw Esav is coming, and how did he come? He came with 400 men. How did he know 400 men? So Rav Shmerl said that the, the Maril Diskin, like this was able to look at a building and was able to see how many bricks were on the wall. He was able to see how many leaves were on a tree. He was a genius of a genius. Yaakov for sure was more than a genius of a genius. But more than seeing just the, the physical, he was able to see the spiritual, he was able to see the real dimension behind Rachel. And that's the reason why he cried. A gewaldike insight from Reb Shmerel, it should be in you know, of Sifsois of Davis Bekever, but Shnehem Nisnavnu Besignan Achas, both Reb Shloimer, and if I'm not mistaken, I even took Reb Shmerel once to see Reb Shloimer when he was here, they both were mis- the same thing is, the Yoifi of Klai Yisrael, the beauty of Klai Yisrael. Everybody said, this is the beauty of Klai Yisrael. The beauty of Klai Yisrael is, we light the Neiris, we have the Shemin Zayazach, we have the Torah Akadosha. We want to give a bracha to everybody. This Shabbos, we should be able to see that HaKadosh Baruch was with us. We should be able to be zoichet to all the nisim that HaKadosh Baruch did for us in the past. We should be able to make the brachish asa nisim, the shachiyonu v'kiyamanu. We should be zoichet to the gula shleima, wishing everyone a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. We should be zoichet to dance by the Beis HaMikdash with the big menorah, b'mheir v'yameinu, amen v'amein. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it'd be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.